This is a podcast version of a radio show by K103 Gothenburg Student Radio. Find us at k103.se. Due to copyright, the music is shortened. Oh my god, we're approaching 30. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Useless. <laughs> Let's try this again. Thank god this isn't live. Alrighty, oh, you're listening to the show about nothing. This is the show where we talk about basically anything. And I think y'all know the concept more or less by now because you're all vivid listeners to our show. You better be. Yeah, you better be. In the studio today, there's me, Fatima, and my lovely co-host, Marie. Hello. Hi. Uh, was so also uh, our laptop who's here with us making sound yeah exactly so we also have a special guest in the sh- in the studio today uh, he is an old uh, like if you're a k103 listener you might know his show it's called in your head and you can check that out on mixcloud give it a listen it's a music show really really good uh let's it is <laughs> <laughs> let's give a warm welcome to sharon hi sharon yay, yay. So how are you doing, Sharon? How are you? I'm all right. I'm good. Just came from work to talk about philosophy and all that stuff, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. We'll Excited. Yeah. Heavy topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Makes me very depressed. Oh, wow. Very contemplative. I don't know. I read uh, I read a quote about uh, s- s- well philosophy, like that f- new, like if you don't dig deep into philosophy, uh, you will get into atheism. But when you dig deeper, you will become religious. Yeah. That was a quote of someone. Let's see know. where we end um, in 57 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. We're either religious or, or uh, atheists. Um, Have you heard the good news? What? The word of the Lord. you want to share it enlighten us why do you think i came here (laughs) i came to spread the good news okay (laughs) i I don't know anything about philosophy did did we think this rumory (laughs) oh my god (laughs) we might abort this mission halfway through but let's let's dig in it first yeah so what about you marie how are you doing uh good Mm? i i would say um, it could be better it could be worse so uh, how about you know finding a inner balance and like the neutral somewhere in between yeah, yeah i'm fine i'm so uh, you're hoping that this session is going to give you like a revelation of sorts in a way yes mm. i'm only here for the you know for the new mantra for tomorrow <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well so as sharon mentioned the subject of today is philosophy and i reacted by saying it's very vague like it's a super big uh, uh, big subject uh, and we've chosen to focus on a few things that you will learn Uh, But I'll start you uh, off with uh, two questions that you guys will get to think about during the musical break. And it's kind of, it's about absurdity. So I'm just going to mention what absurdity means, like our definition, like something absurd, ridiculous, preposterous, (laughs) yeah, whatever. You guys know what absurd means, right? Yes. Utterly opposed to the truth or reason. Mm -hmm. I uh, I got that from dictionary.com. And the question is... Uh, That's a great website. Yeah. (laughs) My favorite one. (laughs) Dictionary.com. Yeah. It's very reliable. (laughs) Uh, Do you think life is absurd or does life have a a purpose? Oh my God, we're approaching 30. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. Useless. (laughs) Let's try this again. Thank God this isn't life. So what about it, you guys? Is life absurd? You go Mm. first, Marie. Oh no, I get to go first. I would say that my life at the moment is pretty absurd. But also, I'm having a very hard time the longer I think about that question to decide whether life is actually absurd or if life is making sense because I feel it's like always something in between going like from one extreme to the other. So up to a certain degree, I would totally say life is absurd because there's like things you can control but there are so many things you can't control Mm. so that makes it pretty absurd because we worry so much about so many things that we don't even know how to influence so i would say without further elaboration yes life is (laughs) absurd and we can get into that maybe yeah so the opposition like the opposite of uh, uh, absurd for you would be uh, control like structure and or like mm, not necessarily controlled but like how do you say, like, influentiable or something, yeah. you know? Yeah. Something that you, yeah, in a way, something that you can control a yeah. little bit more than mm. you actually can. So that on an individual level then? Y- yes. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. What about you, Sharon? Uh, I say I don't know, but I also don't think I will ever know. Mm-hmm. So in that way, I think it is absurd. Yeah. Because I can think about it my whole life, and I still think that maybe it's beyond the realm of human comprehension mm-hmm. to understand like the meaning of life or whatever. And for that reason, it makes it kind of absurd, I think. Okay. But it's also like I will never know. But are you? Would you say you're an active searcher of uh, something similar to what we perceive as the meaning of life? Oh yeah, definitely. I think about it all the time. Yeah. I mean, what else do you do? It's like what? Why? It's like if you're alive every second. It's like if you're not thinking about why you're alive, mm. then are you really alive? It's like, hmm. Like Socrates said, a life left unexamined is—is is it a life worth living? Yeah. So if you don't Ooh, think about... Look at him winging the quotes in here already. <laughs> no, but it's like every day, if you don't think about your actions and why you did what you did mm. or why you're doing what you're doing and what why you want the things you want, mm. then it's you're just kind of moving on aimless. But mm. it's also like maybe you don't necessarily need a name, but it's still something you should think about, I think. Well, if you, if you don't, uh, if you don't need, if you don't need a purpose with what you're doing, because you didn't choose, like you didn't choose life. No. Life was like forced upon you, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm. So you could just, you know, not do anything, well, eat. I mean, the easiest solution would be to kill yourself, right? Yeah. I mean, that's absolutely one of the the things one can do. The quickest way to like end the misery and suffering would be to just kill yourself. But on the other hand, it feels like the easy way out in a way because mm-hmm. it feels like an act of rebellion like every moment you stay alive because I didn't ask to be born. Yeah. So, I don't know. I like that. <laughs> That's a le- I've never thought about it that way like an act of rebellion because, you know, you force life upon me and I'm going to fucking live it the best way I can. Yeah, exactly. That's I also nice think like uh, when you consider um, killing yourself j- just to I like how we really fast got into suicide, which is, I mean, it is, of course... (laughs) Ten minutes, and here we go. (laughs) No, but, like, if you just consider killing yourself, um, then you're going to miss out on all the fun that eventually is going to also come around the corner, you know, every now and then. So it's not only miserable, or is it, to be alive? I mean, it's so hard uh, to Mm. answer. Like, I'm not going to give a general truth, but life for me is suffering, basically. Mm. I mean, there's moments of fun which you can enjoy, but it Mm. is, like, suffering, like, uh, Mm. I think. Uh, Yeah, but it's also, like, the way you look at the meaning of that word, suffering. Yeah, yeah. It's not like you're depressed all the time. It's not like you're sad all the time. It's just that the pure act of staying alive is work. Mm. You know, you have to, like, like, at the very basic like you have to have food and mm. like shelter and mm. money. Yeah. And then just that pure act of staying alive requires a lot of work. Yeah. And uh it's it, it's easier to just you know not do it. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And uh nothing really changes by you not existing or you existing. Exactly. So it's like what's your significance and uh and if if that's a question that's really hard to answer then the whole point of like life becomes like finding the meaning of life or whatever. Mm. And if you can't fully comprehend that anyway, then it's just like, just kind of... What, what, what do you think about... Uh, I remember, like, I had a friend uh, uh, in my late teens who was like, I just I, I just want to have fun. Meaning of life is, ha- is to have fun. Um, I mean, for some people, it most certainly is, I guess. Yeah, but at the same time, isn't it contradictory if you still, like partake in the societal societal ob- obligations of sort of like of working if you don't like your job or like of mm. doing you know all these things yeah. it's probably hard to yeah to i mean i would say that i'm able to have a lot of fun while i'm still partaking in my societal obligation but if you go the extreme case and really only do whatever brings you fun mm then that would probably clash a lot with what is expected from you in society. So I understand the point you're making there. I think I always have like the way to look at it in a very easy version. Mm. And then I just go deeper in it and realize like, oh, so yeah, I'm like, I like to see myself. You're in the atheist stage, not the religious stage. I like to see myself independent from all of these mechanisms and all of this society issues. But then I realize how deep in in the shit I am actually in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but But aren't we all? If you just look at it from like a biological standpoint, like Mm. we keep moving on as species and there's all these biological mechanisms that are instilled in us to just keep the species surviving. Yeah. And uh, 
even if we don't think about it, it's still something that just happened for the past thousands of years. Mm. And there must be some reason to us as to why that's happening. And maybe the reason is that someday we will find out why everything is happening. And maybe just now we don't have all the tools required. And uh, one one way you could advance yourself in society could be through science, say. Mm. Because out of all the things in the universe, science is the only thing that is kind of stable. Even though... it's te- uh, But it's ever-altering. Yeah, exactly. Theories are disproven all the time. Yeah. We find smaller particles all the time mm. like people thought atom was the smallest particle before they found the electrons and neutrons mm. and mm. then there's if you take like a big circle and draw a line about like all the things you know mm. and then then there would be another line for all the things you don't know yeah and the rest of the circle would just be all the things you don't know you don't know right yeah yeah so and you will you you will never know if you know everything so and but science kind of makes sense compared to like most other solutions to as to like why we're alive or like 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 religion is an easy answer right yeah yeah well, can i just come back to because then science makes sense if knowledge is the purpose of life for me in in, yeah. in the or it's kind of the only stable constant that like if i throw a pen to the floor a hundred times mm. i always know it falls down mm. And from that, I just know I can make a theory that it must be falling down for one, some reason. Yeah. And then from that, you can, I don't know. Continue to build like a... Build a foundation. And, yeah. uh, and science pretty much evolved from like rationality or like philosophy mm. from mm. like whatever Socrates or Aristotle was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so that's like one way that society is moving forward. Mm. So when you look at every single person that's here, maybe like... You could think, oh, someone who's a janitor, what's his purpose in all of this? Mm. But he's still keeping the structure going. Mm. Because on, let's say if science was the only thing that mattered, Mm. then you could say, oh, maybe we only need scientists to keep moving forward. Mm. But they are supported by this entire structure built around them, society. And so every single person kind of plays a role in moving this forward. Whether it be so science like the, or religion, like, the, like everybody has the role in the bee, no, the, in the an, ants mm. thingy, or but yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you move it away from, I don't know, those specific jobs, like I don't know, scientists and uh, janitor. Right now, I think any any group of people or any society only like works if everyone does their part in it. So if we wanna, I don't know, have a laid back, I don't know, upper middle class lifestyle, it only works if someone actually comes and, you know, like picks up our garbage because Mm. otherwise we would have to think about what do we do with all the garbage that we produce. So it only like keeps running if everyone kind of like takes over a little part. Except the structure sort of. Except the structure? Yeah, like the the way society is built, yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. accepts the the way it functions, sort yeah, of, and yeah. that's the only reason yeah. that it functions. Yeah. Is that kind of what you're saying? Mm, maybe I think now I'm like overthinking it, <laughs> and I'm like, is that what I'm meaning? Oh. Uh, well, uh, I can uh, cut you, cut you guys off. Sorry mm-hmm. to get back to the absurd, because yeah. at least for me, uh, when I think about the absurd, I always think about Camus, like yeah. Albert. I don't mm. know how you, Camus. How do you say his name? Albert in Camus. Albert Camus. <laughs> He's French. So uh, yeah. Um, I, I, I used way. to say Albert Camus. So Camus. It's like, no, but Camus. it's definitely Albert Camus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, we can pronounce it the English way. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, for you guys who don't know him, he's uh, he's a um, French. Um, author and philosopher um and he has like he won the nobel prize and stuff he's very famous for the stranger the plague the myth of sisyphus the fall and the rebel those are some of his works and i was looking at wikipedia and i thought i I took out this thing just because i think it's hilarious that they put this info there uh it says after the war he was a celebrity figure and gave many lectures around the world world he married twice but had many extramarital affairs very Mm. important information (laughs) i thought it is underlined in our document. Yes, there. it is. It is. I just why would you have to put that there? Um but anyway, philosophically, uh Camus' views that you can read in his books um uh, like through his books uh contributed to the rise of the philosophy known as absurdism. I'm also reading here if you can hear it that's my voice when I'm reading. He's also considered to be an existentialist by some even though he firmly rejected the term throughout his lifetime. 
I remember that from class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to take a read a quote about his take on absurdity that I found on Oxford University Press. So listen carefully now. Camus defined the absurd as the futility of a search for meaning in an uncomprehensible universe, devoid from God or meaning. Absurdism arises of the tension between our desire for order, meaning and happiness and, on the other hand, the indifferent natural universe's refusal to provide that. No. So basically it's an ongoing quest to find meaning that we can never find. Yeah, that, yeah. He's just saying that no matter how hard you search, you will probably not find it. And no matter how rational you act, mm. whatever happens to you is not rational. So like... How does the universe work? It's not very rational. It's pretty random, mm. at least from what we understand. Yeah, so I find that definition so, like, in a way, it's like soothing and like peaceful because you kind of relax a bit and stop stressing because you think everything is so absurd that you can't control it anyway. Mm. But then what Sharon just said is also like, but we're still trying so hard. So mm -hmm. it's, uh, yeah, it's very com controversial. I mean, I think it's actually very yeah. scary. And I'm going to share a personal story about about uh, this take on absurdism a bit later. Um, but do you guys think I should go into Nagel now? Or should we take a little musical break? I think we should play a song. Yeah. So let's play a little song and then I'll get back to uh, Nagel and his definition of what absurd is, absurd, the absurd is. Oh my God, we're approaching 30. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Useless. <laughs> let's try this again. Thank God this isn't live. And so, here we go. Yeah. Still listening to the show about nothing. Today's topic, uh, philosophy. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And before the music break, we were talking about Camus and his take on absurdity. And uh, yeah, it was kind of almost the thing, you, like the take you had in the beginning, I would say. Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of... Uh, probably for a reason. I used to yeah. read him yeah. when I was a kid. So probably had an influence on me somehow. Then maybe you should write an, a book now and, you know, give him some honors in it or so. Yeah, at least two people will really read it. Like, <laughs> just Fatima and Marie. We would, for sure. Uh, so I also mentioned, mentioned this guy called Nagel. Um, and he is a con contemporary philosopher. He's still alive. And he teaches at Un uh, New York University. And he is most famous for this book that has a really nice title. Uh, <laughs> it's called What Is It Like to Be a Bat? It's, it was published in 74. I haven't read it, but I find the title intriguing. Um, and anyway, his main areas of philosophical, philosophical interest are legal philosophy, political philosophy, and oh. ethics. Is it like bat, like the animal, or like a baseball bat? Mm, good question. Hang on, I'm actually going to look. <laughs> I, th I, I thought of the animal for sure. Because it's Maybe so it's like absurd the to be bat. the bat. Because, you know, bat, yeah. you just like get repeatedly hit and then you still don't have a choice, just like life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, book. It's I'm pretty sure it's probably the mammal. <laughs> <laughs> Is a bat a mammal? Baseball or... Yeah. Baseball. Did you hear that? Baseball. Mm. Or baseball. Um, bat animal. Tip, 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 tip. I found the PDF. I'm well, not gonna dig for it, the answer in there now. <laughs> Google Google said missing baseball must include baseball, so I'm thinking it's not a baseball. But mm. oh, yeah. I'm just guessing here. But I yeah. was just kidding. I, yeah, I'm it was pretty sure it was probably a bat, like <laughs> the animal. A, but it would have been a nice title for, to describe something super absurd. Ah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Difficult nature of the mind-body problem. Question of bat's experience. Ah, I guess it's uh, the bat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, Thomas. <laughs> Thomas Nagel. Um, his take on absurdity. I'm going to read another quote. Nagel believes our absurd condition arises from a collision between the seriousness with which we take our lives, and our capacity to step back, look at it, at things from a wider perspective, and see how ridiculously contingent the activities that fill our lives really are. And I really like this definition. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I cannot tell you why. What do you guys understand from this? Marie. I'm uh, reading the definition once again. So maybe Sharon can comment first. Because I'm always getting very confused when I hear them only. Because my brain just kind of space off halfway through. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So what do I think of that? Well, Sharon, do you have any thoughts? If not, I'm going to just start. 
saying things. I'm j- I don't know. I'm thinking about um, like things that we do out of uh, uh, mm. yeah. out of, but without even thinking, like out of habits. Like we do things. Um, or like walk on the side of the road why should one yeah. walk on the side of the road necessarily yeah. is there a, you know i mean there's a purpose to that that's the only thing i could think of right now but and i, I think yeah mm-hmm. sorry i didn't want to interrupt you know well i just wanted to say that i find myself sometimes laughing at, at myself like getting that feeling of an outer body just looking down mm-hmm. on situations mm-hmm. like yeah. what the fuck is going on here really yeah. why why <laughs> you know it's like sometimes when you're sitting at work and you think about like oh yeah why am i doing this yeah and all that stuff and then you you start to like stress out about like this is not what I want to do with my life. Mm. It's like why am I doing eight hours of a job that I don't really care about or like all those things. And then you also think it's like what else would you be doing? It's like how is that any more meaningful than what you're doing now? Like, yeah, nah. yeah. Like, I find myself in the situation at the moment that I finished my school and my forever purpose after finishing that and reaching that goal was I'm gonna get a job. And now I'm still in that process of not having gotten a job and applying or thinking about that I should probably apply for more jobs and try harder. And instead of, you know, enjoying that not doing anything, I'm constantly thinking about that that what I'm not doing at the moment would be better, but I'm pretty sure that once I start working, I'm going to think about, like, I should not be working. And I think that's, like, the same with so many things. Like, we all live our life, like, day by day. We take random decisions and maybe we take rational decisions maybe we base them in emotions whatever reasons we have for deciding and going a specific way we can all like then at some point we look back and then we can interpret that we did it for this and that reason and you can kind of assign meaning to the path you have taken but like when you take the path at least in my case if i'm honest it's completely random so many times Mm -hmm. like there's this like there's an autopilot somehow functioning it's probably influenced by a lot of like values well maybe it's also yeah for sure values but maybe it's also just the part the fact that we just we get bored after a while Mm -hmm. doing the same thing because something even a boring job can be exciting for a few days yeah Mm -hmm. and then you just get bored out of it maybe life is just boring yeah i think like definitely if we would only i mean I think part of being content and happy about something is because we don't have it permanently Mm. and then we reach it and then we're very happy and content that we, I don't know, achieved that specific goal or we made it to a specific feeling. Mm. Uh, But it would get really, really plain and boring if we would just continue having it, Mm. I guess. So it's all about this challenge. And I think it was Sharon before that said, you know, maybe he's alive because of, you know, he enjoys the idea that it's uh, like continuous rebellion yeah yeah um because life was forced upon us so maybe that's like uh the challenge we we, we fight you know yeah, i don't uh, think it's boring at all i think there's just like just way too many things happening mm-hmm. that we will never fully experience like in our lifetime so, so it's it, a fomo thing it's no it's just like there's just too many things to do yeah so it can never be boring you know even when you're just like sitting still there's so many things you can think about or not think about mm. and just the fact that there's like so many randomness happening just makes it not boring i think all right well yeah sure it's like every day is just infinite possibilities you don't know what's going to happen because nothing is really in your control you but could you, you can get overwhelmed your... by the having so many options to, of like so many things to do can overwhelm you and you become i find like, it completely passive. liberating because yeah i, I find it overwhelming uh, uh, nice that you guys though. have different takes on because it. Because I could completely plan my day down to every single second. Yeah. And almost none of it is going to go how I plan it. For sure. Mm. And that just takes the pressure out of it. You just stop planning. You just kind of have a vague idea of, you know, surf what you, on the wave. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you have societal obligations that mm. you kind of have to keep. Like I say, oh, I'm going to meet you at 10. And mm. then I know I'm going to meet you at 10. But other than that, it's like, I don't know, maybe we don't have to plan what we're going to do or it's like, Things like that. You know. Yeah, but also randomly you could miss the bus and run into someone uh, yeah. that you, yeah. Or yeah. the bus could break down. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anything yeah. can happen. You don't want to take responsibility for missing the bus. That's it, right? I, I mean, it's, it's the bus breaking down, not you missing yeah, the bus. Yeah, but I could have planned maybe two hours ahead of yeah. time to like just say do something and things could still not go to plan. So you kind of always take the perfect buses because it's like, okay, I'm I'm going to rely on this bus because it will get me there in time. Mm. But it could be that the bus didn't show up. Yeah. 
So it's like, is it my fault? Is it the universe's fault? It's like, I, don't I know. we were when we so before the recording when we were coming to the studio, we were running a little bit late, and I was very stressed about it because I'm having a different take on it. So I have this need to control, mm. which is just I guess part of my personality, the character. And I was thinking that I was disappointed with my own performance that I didn't plan better. So now I had to be late, and then I was already work, uh, walking with Sharon, and Sharon was just saying, yeah, but like. Even if you would have planned it perfectly, what if the bus would have broken down? What if then you would have decided to take a scooter, but the scooter would have not been charged? And then you decide to walk, but you break a leg. So, I mean, there are so many things you can influence. So just, you know, be happy that we're walking there anyway and we're not coming super late. So like, mm. that's but I find this interesting because I think I, I'm just like the person who would plan my day down to like the second and then maybe it doesn't go according to the plan but this feeling of having an ability to plan it mm. gives me security in some kind of way but I can also understand I think that's why I enjoy exchanging ideas with mm. people who also see it different because then I maybe lean back and think ah but there's different ways to see it so this really reminds me of what you like what what I kind of Uh, the m words I put into your mouth with absurdity and control, like yeah. if the control is the opposition of, like the the opposite yeah, yeah, of yeah, absurdity, like you, yes. yeah, mm. that you, uh, well, that, yeah. So when you don't have control, you you feel less in less sure about yourself, sort of. I guess I'm an uncertainty avoider, and mm. control or like the idea of me having control about something makes me feel calmer mm. even though I do know that there is very little I can actually influence like mm. I mean you asked me before if I s like control on an individual level or on a society level mm. and I mean the only control I think I somehow have is on an individual level and not even there I do really have control mm. because um, yeah I mean I can try to control my my own and uh, maybe body but not even that's probably always going to work the way I want and then yeah I mean Oh my God! Let's not even go there. <laughs> yeah. I'm just realizing. Back to you know. suffering. <laughs> no, but, no, but I think yeah. we still have like some kind of obligation to like other people because let's say mm. I have an obligation to someone, and then I just say, "Oh, everything is random, so I'm not going to do this." Mm. Then like all everything breaks down into pure chaos because no one r takes responsibility for anything. But isn't that uh, like uh, according to some? At least, like, one of the needs of the human being is being social, like, having someone... Yeah, exactly. ...having people around, so you would... Like, taking your responsibility towards others is also securing... Like, in if you want to see it in a selfish way, it's also securing, yeah. like, your happiness or something yeah. through the other... Yeah, I mean, it's um, one thing to say nothing is in your control, so I don't plan anything, but it's also, like, if you want something done, you still have to try your best. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if you don't try at all, then... It's, it's just not gonna it's just random yeah. right. there was a, a, another another quote which was maybe what you were thinking about uh, that I saw which was like if this is paraphrasing but it's basically uh, if we don't try then we go into chaos like no. like the world will mm. go and become worse but yeah, if, exactly. if we want it to be better we actually have to try if we don't do anything yeah, it goes exactly. to chaos it's just like saying oh humans can never understand or rationally find the meaning of life doesn't mean we stop trying right mm. so Yeah, uh, I wanted to get back to. Um, I'm gonna, I'm going to share the story now that uh, that I mentioned earlier, uh, which is about uh, me uh, suff like basically going into depression. So my favorite book is The Stranger of Camus, right. and this book had a very uh, strong effect on me, which was basically that uh, first uh, I got this okay, life is absurd, so I can do whatever I want and mm -hmm. just like take pleasure in life or so, uh, and I lived with this for some months and I was really high on life it was great but after a while of repeating over and over life has no meaning life has no meaning it made me really really sad so I went into like this smaller depression where I was like just I quit school I quit everything I was like what am I doing in life you know life crisis yeah yeah and then I got through that and now I'm like a, I think more stable person hopefully uh but there's Uh, yeah, why am I sharing the story? Sorry, I got had to read my notes. Because I wanted to uh, have a look at... Well, first, what do you guys think about if life is absurd and there is no meaning, can not, can't that be really, really hard as well? Like, what do you guys think about that? And then we're going to have a look at Nagel's response to how to be sort of happy in life anyway. It can be really hard if you focus on 
like there's no meaning so the suffering becomes worse in a way because I mean for what am I suffering if there's no meaning overall but then I also like we now we already talked about it a bit before mm. that you know suffering doesn't necessarily have to mean that you're depressed and you're like suffering through pain it, maybe you can find you know pleasure in the suffering itself like it gives you some kind of fulfillment so I I can totally see why it is super hard and I've been in places like this before where I'm like asking myself, why am I doing this? Like, for example, now, why am I sitting in Sweden trying to get a job here? If I could be somewhere else where it could be maybe easier, why am I even trying to get a job? Do I even want like all this? It can be very downwards spiraling and mm. you reach the dark places and overthink everything. But I think like what always keeps me going and like maybe what lets me stop before I like hit the bottom of this downward spiral is that I somehow find that hope that despite there's maybe no meaning assigned to my feelings or no meaning assigned to whatever I'm doing and trying that there will be something that I will enjoy again even though it might be meaningless and that you know that moment of joy or like a, a crazy irrational laughter or something is like the, the the pure idea and imagination of that is I think something that keeps me going because I have faith mm -hmm. and now we're getting into the religious curve mm -hmm. here but yes. maybe I'm uh, <laughs> half because the, I have the job faith done. <laughs> that um, and that's maybe a very selfish perspective that like I will feel good at some point about something what I'm doing again but that's like seeing it all independent from oh man I feel like the longer you talk about this the more <laughs> you think if is what I'm saying even making any sense but we could I mean in a yeah. way um, one could one could argue that everything we do is selfish And yeah. that's no. also okay, mm -hmm. you know, because it benefits the bigger. There's no judging in that show. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Sharon? I mean, I can see why if you just like say, oh, everything's absurd. I'm just going to do what I want. And mm -hmm. then you go into like this pattern. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm just doing whatever I want. But and then everything kind of feels goalless and aimless. Yeah. And then, yeah. yeah. But it's also on the other hand, you can have like some kind. Maybe the idea is that you can have a goal of what you like or what you want and then you can try for it and if you fail you still know that it wasn't fully in your control so maybe you don't have to get completely <laughs> depressed about not things not going to your control yeah it's like and i mean fine in the in the end um going through this actually like helped me a lot to handle with life later on so yeah. one could say it's it was purposeful in, in a way yeah. it's also like it's i don't know most people try to be happy or yeah. they always look at that as like a destination mm or like a goal but yeah. it's it's just a random occasional thing it's just an emotion yeah so you're never gonna be happy it's just like something you pass through in random moments and it's like you don't die happy you, do, you just maybe you do do you know I have you know. died yet good question <laughs> no um, but you, you just die maybe in that moment you were just feeling happiness or sadness but mm. it's it was still like goal just because you died happy or sad doesn't change the fact that you died yeah, yeah. you just yeah. died so also it like, didn't change doesn't change your life in the complexity it has happened yeah exactly yeah. so it's just uh, but I would like to die laughing yeah I mean, like yeah, just like course. choke <laughs> on sounds, like your own yeah. saliva or what <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a nice way to go but uh, yeah I, I understand what you're saying um, but there I mean there are so like when you think about these things for a very long time um, it can be scary and like you know free will and and I don't know meaning of life and everything and religion could be an answer for i mean it is an answer for several billions billions of people in the world but uh um, before we get into religion i just want to uh talk about nagel's response quickly so uh he kind of uh lifts up irony as the only way to deal with the absurdity of life so, so i'm going to read again the only antidote is to approach life with a sense of irony that way we at least acknowledge the absurdity and avoid being overly serious For if it's true that nothing really matters, then it it is also true that it doesn't matter that nothing matters. Yeah. Mm. Which is, it just sounds so obvious when you read it, right? But you don't really think that way yourself. Yeah. When you're like going there, no, it doesn't really, nothing matters, nothing matters. Yeah, because it's just like when you ask, is life absurd? Mm. And then the whole absurdity comes from not knowing anything. And then, then I don't know if life is absurd either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, ultimate truth. <laughs> Yeah. 
Oh my god, we're approaching thirty. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Useless. <laughs> Let's try this again. Thank God this isn't live. You are listening to the show about nothing in Gothenburg Student Radio with today's topic: philosophy. Philosophy, and we were just uh, discussing the antidote of uh, like how to live with the absurdity of life, sort of, if we all accept yeah. that life is absurd. And his answer to it was irony, mm-hmm. and I actually really like it. I don't know; it feels it feels good. Right now, I'm thinking about like, isn't it ironic? <laughs> isn't it ironic? <laughs> yeah. Do you mean the song? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> do you do we agree with him? Do we think that's the way to do it? I mean. It's one way to do it, and yes, it's a it's a nice one. It's like uh, I don't know, kind of seeing things a little bit more with ease. And don't take yourself so seriously, yeah. sort yeah. of. Make fun of yourself. I mean, everyone deals with it their own way. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. whatever's whatever floats your boat. <laughs> yes, because I have a lot of boats that need floating. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> At okay. some point, you just have to say, "I'm the captain now." Yeah, <laughs> take charge. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, the the bo- both of the philosophers Camus and Nagel they kind of both um, talk about a world where there is no god. No. Uh, so an opposing viewpoint would be a religious world where you have a god, no. uh, or, or like a, a reason is forced, a meaning is forced upon you, sort no. of. Mm-hmm. And I found this book called Faith and Reason, which discusses that uh, that discusses the purpose of uh, the practice of religion. It was written by Richard Swinburne, and I found it on Oxford Uni Press. So now we've, we're good Another with the sources. Another relatable source. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to read a little bit now. Uh, the purpose of the practice of a religion are to achieve the goals of salvation for oneself and for others. And to render due worship and obedience to God. Different religions have different understandings of salvation and God. It is rational for someone to pursue these goals by following a religious way. And it continues insofar as they judge that it will be greatly worthwhile to achieve these goals and etc. etc. But uh, basically what I understand at least is that the only like life, the meaning of life is to achieve salvation after life. Sort of. Mm Mm-hmm. Which for sure gives you a very straight path. I mean, a very clear path, sort of. It might not be straight, but it might be. It, it's clear. Like, th- these are the rules and this is what you have to do. And you yeah. do this and you will be happy later, sort of. Or if salvation is happiness, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. Any comments, guys? I'm just thinking that it's so lame that you reach salvation after <laughs> you die. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Reacted strongly there. Yeah. 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 I just like, uh, no, but I think. I think it's really like I was just think, like listening okay being like okay and then you reach like what you reach salvation after like death how do I know even if I do have faith in any sort of God or religion like how do I know what happens after I die I don't know and I just believe something so I just think like running that is what f- faith is that you blindly yeah. believe you said okay. you had faith I have faith, but maybe I don't have faith into, you know, reaching salvation after I die. Maybe I want to have, you know, faith that I reach salvation before I die or mm-hmm. something. Well, can, and, uh, can't you re- can you reach it through meditation? Is there any... Enlightenment. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But like for me, f- having faith doesn't necessarily... Like for me, faith is not, you know, like necessarily believing in the concept of a religion. Maybe that's then abusing the word faith, but... Uh, yeah. Uh, no, yeah, well, yeah. I will, this reminded me, let me think, it, it's getting lost in my brain. Yeah, so religion... Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, I grew up. I've I've said this to like the people who have heard listened to our show before. The vivid you listeners, know. yeah, the vivid listeners. Uh, I grew up with an atheist mother and a Muslim father, and then my mom went. She became a Christian for a while, and now she's. Uh, I call her a witch, but she's some kind of medium, you know, <laughs> talking to ghosts person. Uh, my dad is still a Muslim. Yeah. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and uh, when I was a kid, I thought this was really, really difficult because I was trying to make sense of the world and I couldn't because they were giving me very opposing mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. views of life. Uh, and for me, I really, really wanted to find God at that time I, I, because I thought it would be easier, yeah. easier to yeah, just like live having life, an answer. having answers and like this is the clear path to mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sharing this because... I like to share, <laughs> yeah. but uh, but it seems I don't want to condemn all the religious people in the world. Like I understand, like the, that religion exists, but it sort of also seems like the easy answer. Just yeah. go. There isn't superpower, mm. and that's the way it is. Yeah, it seems like the dumbed down version of like 
what all philosophers or scientists are looking for. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, you don't have to look. It's just this. And but they're not wrong because they never like fully explain what God is. It's like mm. because God could be anything. God could be the answer we're looking for. Like philosophically or sure. scientifically. Wasn't it Newton yeah. that proved his existence by gravity, or is that just hearsay? I don't know. I have no idea. It's like there was like the power of God proven by the <laughs> apple oh, right. falling of the tree. Experiment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but because you can define God in any way, so. Yeah. But then it's not that uh, God is the problem. It's like religion is just too easy, you know. It's yeah. Like you follow these rules, and the rules are kind of arbitrary, and yeah, someone just decided, okay, I'm just gonna make up these rules and, and yeah. i think that's my biggest problem it's like any constitution of a country that's kind of outdated with like time hopefully there will be a rebellion and a revolution and it might be renewed and people and die and, that's and people great. die and maybe there's a war and you know then you restructure it's maybe horrible but like, i'm sorry i'm kidding I, no, only, I'm only like, great for the dead ones yeah. <laughs> they're out of this you know. and maybe they reach salvation maybe you know, they maybe it'll be good for them you yeah. know yeah but like let's I go all terrorist style with, like religion is it's just not being renewed like so many concepts and so many religions are like so old and so outdated and they're just never kind of like you know any school book has to like every 10 years or maybe every 30 years but it has to kind of pass a quality check and like be like yeah. okay we moved on society is different now let's see what we teach our kids maybe that's also you know very slow process but like religion is kind of you know oh here is one structure you can live by it's gonna help you to feel more secure and find stability but that that's the issue i have even mm. despite me being a person that is in a way religious mm. i'm having my issues with like that's kind of like one of the distinctions between say science and religion right yeah. so if, if i take on one side all the religious books that were ever written and on the other side i take all the science books that were ever written and i decided to burn both of them at mm. the same time and over the next 2,000 years, there will be new religion. For sure, yeah. But it will, it will just not be the same as the religion we had before. But mm. the science book will at some point come back to the point where we are now because someone will still find that the apple keeps falling down. Ah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, I guess that's one difference, yeah. <laughs> like a major <laughs> distinction that... Talking about school books, um, maybe we are also giving too much attention in school to religion, like giving mm. it this importance... Yeah, but I think that, I mean, that now I can only judge based on, you know, my school time and educational, I don't know, time where I had religion as a class was mm. in Germany. And there it was also in the South where it is a very conservative, I would say, environment where religion does matter a lot. Um, yeah, but I, I guess maybe that's because it's one like main pillar of like structure in the state as well. In yeah, I mean, the argument is well. probably, yeah, the argument is uh, mm. culture, I suppose. You'd learn, yeah. like, yeah. the world. It, but I mean, it's, it's just something that exists. Like, you should teach religion because it's there and you should understand why it's there. Mm. So maybe people should learn why it, it is there rather than, like, it's different from, like, saying teaching Christianity, mm. like, at school, like, saying, oh, Jesus is God. This mm. is what you should learn. Like, start by reading the Bible in the yeah, morning. There are schools that, that do that. Yeah. Like, religious schools. Or, yes, yes. <laughs> but, like, when you learn religion at school, you're just, like, kind of learning the state of society, in a way. Yeah. Because that's still majority of the people. So, mm. yeah, probably good to learn, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was just a it was just a question. Very interesting. I'm yeah. like thinking back to my religious uh Did you guys now. have a, did you because you went to a Catholic school, didn't you? I I went to uh what is normal, define normal, yeah. But yeah. like I went to an average uh school and then I went to a school that was focused on music a bit later and none of them was religious. But we did have religion as a subject and we were split into Protestant and Catholic faith. So we did Ooh. not learn with the Catholics. We learned with the Protestant people and you have different styles of how the lessons go. And the Catholic ones are more strict. The Protestant ones are a little more liberal. But it's also interesting because in Bavaria, which is a conservative state in a way, you do go, you do have a lot of religious holidays that are like red days in the calendar. Mm. And on some of them, you still have school. And then on those days, you would go to the church and attend some kind of mess. Mm. Um, and in like that, I always found a discrimination that like the Catholic people got to go to like a church. while we as the Protestant people and got party. to kind of do like we were staying in the classroom and we had to do like a religious service, but in a classroom which did not feel like official. But there was, you know, there was like a kind of assigning a value to 
the more adequate religion like but the isn't Catholic. isn't always uh isn't also so the catholics the catholic mm. society pays a lot for churches as well i, I mean think. we do pay taxes as well as the protestant it's just like it's interesting and here now i'm complaining about like oh the protestant people were discriminated i mean we did have people who were like of all sorts of other religions they weren't even considered in this entire group so yeah, yeah. that's another thing but so yeah okay but did you so did you have but you had so you had religious like class where you learned about religion and you had religious classes no it's like one and the same and i would not say that it was propaganda or like indoctrination we would talk about the bible and we would be allowed to i don't know like question it and say this is garbage i don't and then we would discuss about it it wouldn't be you know seen as a you know the yeah proper but you still had other religions that you were studying in this class yeah we yeah. would talk but i think that's also something we, because we had ethics at some point and then yeah. we would talk about this and it would be very focused on like i don't know your religion and like the content of your religion but mm. also about the history mm. of how this de- developed and like who was studying it and what different takes were on it so i would say like it was kind of like diverse or more diverse as it could have been mm. but all right mm. that is really interesting i'm going to ask more questions about yes. this off air <laughs> okay uh but uh, i thought we could finish uh finish off with a um philosophical dilemma mm-hmm. i have two one is the lifeboat puzzle and the other is the baby hitler one which one do you want baby hitler <laughs> of course there's a german in the room so <laughs> so uh, a lot of you might already know this one uh, the baby hitler uh dilemma so suppose a scientist invents a time machine and it enables you to go back to may 1889 and a, <laughs> and a town in austria called brown brown Nam- um, in mm-hmm. yes that's the that's the town a month earlier a child has been born and is giving given the name adolf hitler you're alone in the baby's nursery and have full knowledge about the monster he will become and the millions of innocent people he will kill do you murder infant adolf hitler sharon go i say burn the town down you know if you can't even say the name of the town you're just like ah just <laughs> burn it all down <laughs> no uh, i don't know it depends is the baby cute <laughs> i don't is, know isn't that how we decide if we eat animals or not <laughs> like, maybe all the cute animals survive like hmm. the other ones we yeah, are yeah we can eat that. i mean there's a lot of ugly animals still yeah, out there definitely to answer the question no i probably wouldn't kill hitler if i had the power to go back time i would probably tried to change why hitler became hitler mm. rather than try to just kill off one baby yeah. but because uh, I, i just like going back to the first answer burn the city down yeah no that was a joke yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> i know i know but i'm just still going to take it up yeah. because imagine if you burn the city down yeah. uh then you don't have like then it can be it could be by accident mm-hmm. and you don't have the person like the res- responsibility of having killed that specific mm. person sort of yeah i mean you, you kill a lot of people but yeah. Then it's like the trolley problem in Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Do you say one person or do you say five five people? It's like Yeah. It's one life m- worth more than five lives. Mm. But yeah. Yeah, I, but do you think so oh no, I'm going to let Marie answer the question before I I have a question for you too. Yeah. But Marie, would you kill baby Adolf? I don't know. It feels like um when you kill him then i would be spared so many like selfish answer as well now you know i would have been spared so many stupid questions about my responsibility in the war and like the responsibility of my ancestors and stuff but at the same time i just like think that even if you kill him then there might be like 20 years later any other idiot that you know is equally horrible and then still i have to live with the guilt that i killed him so i'm it's hard like i mean and I, also everything... nobody would know that you did it because the world would be different like nobody yeah. would know mm. what you did nobody would know that i killed him then i would probably like you know still give it a shot and try to kill him <laughs> i'm gonna out myself as the murderer here yeah but I, what i'm saying is nobody will know that you saved yeah all these people yeah yeah sort of it's just my guilt then because mm. i randomly decided that this person doesn't get to live because i have mm. Mm, difficult uh follow-up question mm-hmm. uh because you said if you can go back in time then you would um try to change whatever created hitler sort yeah. of in in um, then we're assuming that you can travel to several occasions in this time yeah. machine because i mean if i have a time machine i mean <laughs> Of course, I can do whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it it's sort of um, uh, how, it doesn't really serve a purpose to talk about this, but it's. No. The, I mean, it's interesting to see what what people would do. I don't know if I would kill him or not. Actually, like I have no idea. Um, I, but I, can you only? What's the 
context here? Can you only use the time machine once I just mean, to that, kill, kill Hitler? Yeah. Okay. Like you can't. So, uh, but so I can't like go further back in time to change everything else. Or, yeah, I mean, and I do think. I mean, just do you honestly think that you're that powerful to do that? I don't know. You can plant ideas in people's heads. Yeah, like Inception style. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Drug them all. Yeah. Put them into a deep coma. <laughs> give them some opium. The opium. Uh, don't yeah. give Sharon a time machine. <laughs> He's gonna mess things up real bad. <laughs> or introduce them to religion. The opium of the masses. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, but one could say that. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Yeah. One could say that it it was religious, you know, the way mm. Hitler. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah. Yeah. Um. Or f- yeah, fanatic or whatever. But um. So I I mean, would like you said, someone else would just take him his place. Then you kill him, and then yeah. twenty years later, someone else. Yeah, I think else. that like man, like mankind is just like evil somehow. Yeah. Like, isn't this like you're yourself a, a wolf or like what is this? Uh, I I do I do think someone would just mm. kind of because then would are we then assuming that we're all products of our time in a way yes yeah, yeah. Mm. Totally. I agree with that yeah but I think we will leave it there right yes okay there's a really amazing advertisement like a comedy advertisement for a car brand that plays with this like killing Hitler or not killing Hitler and mm. I will link it to our social media guys so you I'm curious it now. was very popular a while back so yeah yeah Uh, Sharon, thank you so much for being part of our show today. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, I think we will. This, I mean, this is such a big subject. We'll Even probably though I do had no idea one. what I was talking about. <laughs> yes, you did. Uh, and it would be really cool if you came back sometime. Yeah. And Marie, thank you again for your awesome. Thank you for having me. Yes. <laughs> uh, don't forget to check out our social media on Instagram. It's the Show About Nothing underscore K103, and you can also sh- search for Show About Nothing on Facebook. And we have a very beautiful. <clears throat> yellow logo uh, and a photo of us yes Uh, the tip of the day don't wish for more time just spend less time on twitter or watching tv your life is long enough to do what you really must or want to it just feels like there isn't enough time when you waste it but what if all i really want to do is be on twitter then then you're then you wouldn't feel like you're wasting your time yeah exactly also not an issue you know don't be too serious and take everything a little bit more ironically yeah exactly (laughs) well Thank you guys so much. Have a great night and bye-bye. Bye-bye. You turn my world upside down. Oh my God, we're approaching 30. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Useless. <laughs> Let's try this again. Thank God this isn't live. You've just heard a podcast version of a radio show by K103 Gothenburg Student Radio. You'll find all our shows at k103.se. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Stay tuned.